Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Tuesday, June 21st. On this date in 1788, the U.S. Constitution went into effect as New Hampshire became the ninth state to ratify it. In 1982, a jury in the nation's capital found John Hinckley Jr. not guilty by reason of insanity in the shooting of President Ronald Reagan and three others. He spent decades in a psychiatric hospital and was later released to live with his mother. He was freed last week from court oversight 41 years after he opened fire on the president. In entertainment news, on this date in 1955, Johnny Cash released his first single, Hey Porter. Let's hope our Tuesday forecast will sound like music to your ears. We turn to the first alert weather team. And good Tuesday morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Sovine. A partly cloudy sky for our first day of summer here across the low country. A little hotter this afternoon. High temperatures today up around 92 degrees. We'll get even hotter tomorrow. High around 97. We'll be there around 97 again on Thursday. As the week wears on, the humidity will start to build a little bit. Eventually, that means a couple of showers and storms in the forecast. Hottest two days, Wednesday and Thursday. Highs in the low 90s Friday through the weekend. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. We're working to learn more about what led up to a pretty big police presence in North Charleston last night. Multiple North Charleston police officers responded uh, shortly before 11 p.m. to the exchange at Windsor Hill Apartment Complex. That's on Windsor Hill Boulevard near Ashley Phosphate Road. Witnesses there reported as many as uh, six of those cop cars on the property, including at least one canine unit. Police have not released any details on the reason for the response just yet, but of course we'll update you on air and online as we learn more. We now know the name of the man who died at the Berkeley County Jail. The Berkeley County Coroner says 27-year-old Justice Rogers died at the jail. Records show he was booked into the county jail last month as a, quote, habitual traffic offender, but bond had not been set for those charges. Now, this video you're looking at, that was from a decade ago. You might remember the name. When he was 18, Rogers found himself at the center of a lawsuit back in 2012 after the South Carolina High School Football League deemed him ineligible to play for Goose Creek High school. A judge's ruling ultimately disqualified the Gators from the playoffs that year. Berkeley County uh, Chief Deputy Jeremy Baker said Rogers died yesterday morning at the Hilfingley Detention Center. Baker said Rogers apparently had a medical event, but state police have been called in to investigate. Charleston police have made an arrest after a man was found beaten and robbed in his apartment. Oren Alex LaPriest Parker is charged with armed robbery and assault and battery. According to an incident report, the victim says Parker and another person broke into his apartment and pistol whipped him while demanding money. Police have not identified the other person involved allegedly in the case. Dorchester County will soon be breaking ground on a new library in North Charleston, and it's all in partnership with a local school district, Dorchester 2. As Ray Urena reports, the county says the library will double as a new multimedia center for local high schoolers and serve the local area. Next week, Dorchester County will be breaking ground on a 15,000-square-foot library near the Aquatic Center in North Charleston and steps away from Fort Dorchester High School. The library is a joint venture between the county and Dorchester School District 2, who deeded over five acres of land and contributed over a million dollars to the $5.9 million facility. 
During the school year, a third of the facility will be closed off for high schoolers to use, while the other part remains open for public use. Both the county and the school district say a library is needed in the area and expect between 750 and 1,000 people to use it each day. The county says the library will feature traditional offerings such as books, videos, and meeting space, along with a STEM lab, a maker space, and an audio video editing suite. The building will be fully wireless. Um, you'll be able to get Wi-Fi out in the parking lot. You'll be able to check out uh, Khajiit hotspots that we already check out. Um, so it'll offer the full complement of everything that the library currently does and then some. The county says they expect construction to take about a year to complete and are hoping to open the doors to this North Charleston library in July 2023. In the newsroom, Ray Urena, Live 5 News. After more than a month into an investigation, the principal of Septima P. Clark Academy is still on paid administrative leave. The Charleston County School District promoted Carolyn Anderson back in April to the office of principal only to replace her, put her on uh, leave just four days later. The district has not yet given a reason, but a deposition from an employee who works at the alternative high school shows a number of issues. The employee accuses Anderson of of talking about her sex life and even claimed she was sexually harassed by Anderson. She also says Anderson suggested that high school girls engage in revenge sex as an alternative to physically fighting. The deposition came as part of an EEOC complaint against Anderson by another employee filed back in February. Today, the last day that Charleston County will be accepting applications for the emergency rental and utility assistance program through their COVID relief program. It was created last year after the county received more than $42 million from the feds. The county has distributed more than half of that money. Since the start of the program back in April of 2021, Charleston County has assisted, they say, more than 3,600 tenants and 700 landlords. A new South Carolina boating law is now in place to help protect people and structures from large wakes. According to the State Department of Natural Resources, the law will now prohibit wake surfing on all state waters. It makes it illegal to surf within 200 feet of a dock, a person in the water, or an anchored boat. The new law comes as the sport has started to become more popular and will likely continue as the summer starts. Violation of the law will result, could result in a fine of $600. The Board of Zoning and Appeals on James Island will meet tonight to discuss bringing a fast food chain to the area there. Members are expected to review a request from KFC for a special exception, which would allow them to build a drive through in a vacant lot near the intersection of Camp Road and Folly Road. Our Molly McBride joining us now live there from James Island. Uh, good morning, Molly. You spoke to some people who live in the area. What do they have to say? KFC is looking to build a drive through in this lot right behind me, and that's at 890 Folly Road. However, not all residents appear to be on board. Now, if you're familiar with this area, this lot is right in between the Chase Bank and the Hyman's Garden and Accent Store, right near the intersection of Camp and Folly Roads. A, re a recent initiative, Rethink Folly Road, aims to make the area less congested and commercial and to have more green space. It appears some locals are concerned about the level of traffic and congestion in the area already and are worried a drive through near this intersection would make the problem worse. I talked to one resident who works at the store next to the lot. 
He says he is less concerned by the traffic and more concerned by the type of business that fills the vacancy. He says he would prefer a locally owned business rather than a chain restaurant. I feel that there should be a local business right there rather than a fast food chain. Um, we, I work right there, right next to kind of a locally owned business, and it's just kind of, kind of seems more appropriate for James Island. I reached out to the mayor of James Island, Mayor Woolsey, about the matter, and he says he trusts the Board of Zoning Appeals will carefully review the site plan to determine whether the drive through will impact traffic. He also told me that he supports a wide mixture of businesses in the area. According to the meeting agenda, this lot was once home to a Pizza Hut, Subway, Papa John's, and more. These locations have since been demolished. I also reached out to KFC, who said in a statement that they are excited about the plans to open a location in the James Island community and that its goal is to positively impact every community it operates in. The meeting is tonight at 7 p.m. and will be available virtually. For more information about the meeting, visit live5news.com and click on this story. Reporting live on James Island, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. The founder of a nonprofit whose mission it is to create a sense of belonging within the foster community noticed that some resources were lacking in the foster care system. Our Lauren, Lauren Quinlan is on the story for us. She joins us now live. Lauren, you had the chance to speak with the founder. What kind of issues were they seeing? Lisa, caseworkers share that oftentimes when kids enter the foster care system, they can go hours and sometimes days without eating a real meal, and often these caseworkers are paying for their meals out of pocket if they can afford to do so. Katherine Russell has been a foster parent for about two years. She says there isn't a budget or any resources available to meet this need. This led Russell to reach out to her local Chick-fil-A to see if they could partner to help these kids and take a load off caseworkers. Now a caseworker can take a child they are transporting to the Somerville or Goose Creek Chick-fil-A and present their Be Our Guest cards to get them a free meal, no questions asked. Just a tangible act of showing these children how much they're truly loved and valued on the worst night of their like entire life. They like this is stability and this is a meal and it's just really showing them that we are a community that loves and supports them. Depending on their age, they will be given a kids or adult meal, and Russell says right now there's no end date for this partnership. I believe last week we had two children that were able to benefit from it, and the words from the caseworker were like it was literally priceless. Like they were just like in disbelief, so it was amazing. Moving forward, Russell says they are hoping to expand to as many Chick-fil-A's in the, in the low country as they can, and others have already showed interest. Every Chick-fil-A is independently owned and operated, so they want people to know you can only go to the Somerville and Goose Creek locations to get those free meals. For more information, click on this story on Live5News.com. Reporting live in Somerville, Lauren Quinlan, Live5News. Remember the love boat? Actor Bernie Coppell, who played Dr. Bricker, turns 89 today. Actress Mariette Hartley is 82. The actors who played Michael J. Fox's parents, Meredith Baxter and Michael Gross, both have the same birthday, and they turn 75 today. Who knew? And actor Chris Pratt turns 43. Thank you for joining us for Morning, Y'all. From Live 5 News, I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning, Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.